0: Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Flaws and All the podcast. My name is Sabra Cash, and I am your host. We last discussed fear, and I kind of went into detail of how to tell apart fear and excitement because the two emotions are very closely uh, connected. And they give you the same feeling internally, but you just have to use your brain to really say, am I scared of what's going on or am I just excited about it? And then I created the acronym FEAR, F-E-A-R, to help make the decision of whether something is scary or if you're just excited. I only bring this up because my birthday was last week. I finally turned a quarter century. I am 25 years old. I definitely feel twenty five years old. Uh, right when I right when it hit midnight and it was officially my birthday, I like felt it. I felt me aging. I literally just I don't know what I can't even describe the feeling really. It was definitely an eye-opening ex- experience. But I will definitely get into that in a later episode. The feeling of growing up and to actually be really entering adulthood. You know, people say we enter adulthood when we turn 18 and then when we turn 21, but then like when you hit 25, it's like, and then again, when you hit 30. So there's so many different stages of adulthood. So that's definitely something I'll get into more detail about in a later episode. But anyway, so I do um, bring up fear from the previous episode because during my birthday, I went to Belize and I did some scary things. I went zip lining, which I've never ever been ziplining before. I'm not afraid of heights. I love heights, but ziplining in the jungle in the middle of Belize. Well, not the middle of Belize. I was in Placencia, if you're familiar. It's like a little peninsula off the side of the country. But I went ziplining out there hundreds of feet in the air. The zip line was like a quarter mile long, and we were over a river. But I thought about the acronym Fear, F-E-A-R, and I did my whole, okay, F, fight or flight, A, acknowledge, E, evaluate, R, receive, and the risk, and it really helped me get through the motions of being afraid of ziplining, and then I also thought about my afterthought being that I would go ziplining for the first time, I would like cross it off my bucket list, and that it would be an exciting experience to, to do for the first time. So eventually I was actually excited. I, and I had in my mind that I wasn't scared of the zip lining, I was excited about zip lining. And then I actually became excited. I was ready to go, put on my little harness, my helmet, my gloves, and I was out of there. And it was so much fun. I definitely recommend going zip lining. It's it's a great experience if you are scared of heights because once you're up there, it's not scary. Like I promise you, it's not scary. People say the same thing about like roller coasters as like that's the story I keep bringing it up, but it's really not scary. So all in all, I do want to say definitely uh, try that acronym, see if it works for you because it is extremely helpful. And then also remember the always have an afterthought to help you process which emotion you're actually feeling and to really get you in the mindset of being excited for something instead of scared. On today's episode of Flaws and All, I want to talk about recognizing your internal flaws. We all have external flaws, but we also have internal flaws, and that's the whole point of this podcast, to really love the flaws that you have and acknowledge them, um, welcome them, but also if you have some that are able to be changed that you're not happy with, to learn how to remove those traits, internally and externally. But today we're, we're going to dive into internal flaws. So what are internal flaws? To me, internal flaws are inner emotions and psychological imperfections. Um, They are like your self-red flags, like things about yourself and your character that are red, that some, that other people may view as being red flags, but you don't always see it. They are typically unconscious, naturally occurring traits. You don't, recognize that you are that you have this behavior going on and that you're like performing in these ways until someone calls you out on it or until you take a step back and you're like why am I so angry right now like how did how did this emotion just get out of me you don't realize it happening in the moment some examples of internal flaws may be anger issues jealousy envy pride ego I know personally I do tend to have anger problems myself and someone has called me out on this numerous times not the same person I mean multiple people have called me out on my anger problems because I I said in the first episode if we remember that as an Aries I feel my evo- emotions very intensely and very passionately so if I am upset about something you will know that I'm upset because I I have a sensitive heart but I can't just blame it on my zodiac sign I mean this is an internal flaw that I need to work on so I can acknowledge and admit that I do have some anger problems I need to work on I get frustrated very easily uh, because I'm so sensitive and and because I get frustrated easily and I feel my emotions so intensely I can cry easily as well if something's bothering me I don't like I won't ball my eyes out. But let me not validate this, okay? I do cry easily. I will just let that be known. So if you know me, please don't make me cry. <laughs> but anyway, I do cry easily. I get frustrated very easily. Um, I can be very dismissive. Like, I don't want to talk about this. Like, I'm not, I don't have the energy for this. I avoid confrontation. I just hate talking things out. I'd rather just move past it. I just don't enjoy the process of, like, talking things out. I know communication is key, but I just really, I just don't enjoy it. I don't like sitting in negativity and talking about bad things for a long period of time because it just weighs heavy on my mind and on my heart. So I'd rather just not talk about it and I'd rather not have those emotions build up because I know they will for myself. And to avoid confrontation, I become submissive to avoid that conflict. So if someone tells me like, yes or no, I'll just like agree with them or I'll agree to disagree instead of just like talking out the situation. And these are internal flaws that I have discovered about myself. And I discovered these by going through situations and realizing like, I can't even believe I'm acting this way. Or I have had people in my life tell me, honestly, the best way to learn your internal flaws and how to work with them is to practice self-awareness. It's as simple as it sounds. You literally just have to... practice the art of being self-aware about yourself. Now, I have done pl- I have done quite the amount of research on this and the research goes back and forth about practicing self-awareness. So, studies show that 95% of people believe that they are self-aware of their actions, their behaviors, their emotions, but really only 10 to 15% of those people actually are. And that's a huge difference. I mean, you can think that like you know yourself so well and no one knows you like you know you, you know your triggers, but that doesn't entirely mean that you are 100% self-aware of of everything going on. You are entirely in the present moment of how you are acting and how you are perceived to others. A word that I have discovered that helps me understand self-awareness a little more is the word introspection. Introspection is the examination or observation of one's own mental and emotional processes. Now, with that being said, I seen this um, I seen this TED talk that's called "Increase Your Self Awareness with One Simple Fix" is with Tasha Urich, and the TED talk was saying how it's okay to introspect to a certain degree, but there are right and wrong ways of introspecting of of practicing self-awareness she was saying to not ask why but to ask what that if you ask why you are behaving this way why you um, have these anger issues why you get or why do I have these anger issues why do I get frustrated easily why do I avoid confrontation will just keep me in the rear view of like my past and it'll keep me um I guess in a way it'll keep me sulking in my past and bringing up past traumas and past memories instead of asking what, which will move us forward towards our future. So basically in this TED talk, she's saying, instead of being stuck on your problems, focus on finding solutions to them. It's okay to ask, I believe that it's okay to ask why in some instances, because it does help with self-discovery. Why? What are your triggers? Why are you acting this way? What in your past has called this? It helps you discover more about yourself and the things that make you tick. But do not get lost in the whys of your life and why these certain things are happening from your past. But instead, ask yourself what, what helps you change the outcome of these, of these situations? And it increases positive possibilities for yourself. Too much self-analysis can trap us in a mental hell. You're just stuck in your head, overanalyzing yourself. And this causes you to spend too much time questioning yourself, <clears throat> asking how, how can you find these traumas, these deep-rooted traumas and, and what caused these. Instead of asking yourself, what can I do to grow from these traumas, and 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 to become more aware of my actions, and how can I make sure these actions don't happen anymore? Now, I'm not saying it's not important to analyze yourself. Um, self Self reflection is extremely important, and there will definitely be another episode that dives more into self reflection. I do want to touch base on the details of. What are our deep-rooted traumas that have caused these internal flaws or self-red flags? How can we acknowledge them? Like, What are some reflection options that, that help us grow out of those, grow away from those, and heal from those traumas? And then also to really identify your triggers and how to not let them be triggers anymore. But on today's episode, I am primarily focusing on recognizing these internal flaws and how to move past them, and how to strengthen them so they are no longer flaws. After searching online and reading a few articles and interviews and YouTube videos, I have found 10 ways to practice self-awareness and strengthen these internal flaws. The first one being to know your strengths. Everyone has strengths and strong characteristics about, your, about themselves. If you utilize these strengths, you will be able to overshadow your weaknesses. For example, one of my strengths is that I am great at putting myself in someone else's shoes and I'm great at understanding a situation from someone else's point of view. And I've already noted that one of my weaknesses is that I get frustrated easily and I I can admit that I do have some anger problems. So when I'm in a situation where I'm, say, arguing with my significant other about a certain situation um, and I start getting angry and frustrated at the conversation at hand, I will start to put myself in their shoes and understand the situation from their point of view and it gives me a clear understanding of things and helps to calm down my anger because now I understand where they're coming from. So then now I'm not as angry as I was a moment before, I am now just more receptive to the situation. Number two being to know your weaknesses. You want to be mindful of your weaknesses so you know when they are about to happen before they happen. Um, I said that I get frustrated easily, I cry easily. So say I'm in a situation where someone's yelling at me and I start to get worked up and I feel the tears forming or I'm in the middle of an argument and I'm raising my voice at somebody and I'm just feeling the conversation so heavily that my eyes start to, to well up in tears. I might have to stop talking, take a few deep breaths, pray to God that I don't explode or even excuse myself from the situation, just take some time to myself so I can calm down on my own before those tears fall or before I start yelling at somebody. But definitely acknowledge those weaknesses and know what they are. And then if you know your weaknesses, to follow up on the strengths since I know that I get frustrated easily, I can counteract that by putting myself in somebody else's point of view. So then I'm no longer angry at the situation, I'm more understanding of it. So knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses definitely go hand to hand in certain situations. You want to be mindful of them both and use them both to an advantage. Not the weaknesses part, you don't want to use your weaknesses to an advantage, but you want to use your strengths to, like I said, overshadow your weaknesses. Number three is to be curious about yourself. Don't you want to know more about yourself? And this kind of goes into the self-reflection and self-discovery that I was talking about earlier, that I mentioned earlier. Um, we're going to dive in more into self-reflection in a later episode. But it does help to practice self-awareness by being curious about yourself. Don't dwell on your own self-analysis and start like overthinking your past traumas and why you're this way and that way, and then you're just like stuck in your head about that. But definitely be curious about why you act a certain way. I mean that does help with self-discovery and help you move past those things. Number four is to let your guard down. I know for myself I can be pretty defensive. I like to I sometimes I'm dismissive to show that I am strong in certain situations and that I have a voice and my voice matters, but it's okay to like, just let your guard down. Like just be a little easy, be vulnerable. It helps with the self-awareness of how you are acting. If you have this guard up and you're being so defensive, you are shying away from what's actually going on. You're just putting up this wall. And that brings me to number five, question your values and opinions. All of us were raised on certain beliefs and certain morals and there's a certain way that society works and standards and like just all these different opinions but it's okay to change your opinion on things it's okay if your biases have changed you want to explore different possibilities I mean everyone talks about evolution and change is good and you change when you grow up well it's okay to change your ideas on certain on certain topics being open-minded is a great skill to have you don't want to be so stuck in your ways that you aren't open to new ideas and new ways of doing things or understanding things. Now, it is important to question your values and opinions, but this brings me to number six, recognize your core values. We all, like I said, we all have our certain morals and beliefs that we grew up with or that we've established as we've gotten older, our non-negotiables, stick to those. If these are your core values, then that is something you truly care about, you're passionate about, that is something that is very important to you so definitely know those things and stick by them understand why they matter why do you feel so passionate about this value why is this value so important to you and then think in the situation is something in the situation damaging one of your core values how is it damaging your core value which now brings me to number seven which is to know your triggers and then also find out how to cope with them Triggers are sensory reminders of past traumas. How have these past traumas affected you to this point? What are those and how can you finally grow past those after all this time? Number eight, and this one can be kind of tricky, but have someone tell you about yourself from their point of view. Is there someone in your life that you're okay with telling you about yourself or telling you about your behavior? For me, my mom always tells me about about myself. She'll let me know if I'm being mean, if I'm being hard-headed, if I'm being stubborn. But you want to make sure this is somebody who you can trust and somebody who has a valid opinion. I mean, don't just read hate comments online and, and take them word for word and for what they mean and for what they say. Those opinions don't matter. Let this be a trustworthy best friend, a significant other a therapist, a parent, somebody who has value in your life. But you definitely want to know how you appear in someone else's point of view. You don't you don't we don't even see ourselves face on. We only see ourselves in a mirror in some sort of reflection, a camera. But like face to face, we don't know how we are perceived by others. So it's a great way to learn more about yourself and to practice self-awareness by asking other people, how am I behaving now if you do this? you want to be accepting of this person's point of view. You have to be open to their constructive criticism. They may or may not sugarcoat it. I wouldn't suggest that they sugarcoat it. I would want to know what they have to say about me. And I don't have to take it word for word, but I do want to listen and just know how I am viewed from someone else, my behaviors, my actions, my personality even. But it's not an attack. It's literally just constructive criticism. So, definitely make sure this is somebody who you trust and it won't, be hard to hear what they have to say about you. Number 9 is to become self-disciplined. When you are self-disciplined, it gives you this ability to control your emotions, your thoughts, your behaviors, and then also helps to build healthy habits. So if you're de- so if you're self-disciplined on going to the gym, having a great diet, making your bed every day, meditating, journaling, stretching, going for a walk, Turning in homework on time, things of that nature. This helps build your self-awareness of yourself because you're building these healthy habits, and thus you are more in control of yourself. You're more in, you're more in control of your emotions and your behaviors because you are disciplining yourself. You you are being more obedient to how you want to go through life. And then number ten, which should really be number one, but these are in no sort of numerical order, is to meditate when you meditate you are literally sitting with yourself you're sitting with your thoughts with your person and you are in the present moment so you are hyper focused and hyper aware of yourself meditation is literally the epitome of practicing self-awareness and then just to throw in a number 11 because it could help out is to just write all of these things down Once you know your strengths, know your weaknesses, um, find out questions of curiosity about yourself, questioning your values and opinions, acknowledging your core values, what you learn when you meditate, what your triggers are. Once you write all of these things down and be able to read them and really see them at eyesight, you'll really be able to become extremely self-aware of all of these little details about yourself. So recognizing your internal flaws really can help you grow and mature as a person. Practicing these 10 to 11 steps of self-awareness helps to move you into a deeper emotional understanding of yourself. But it still pushes you to ask the what's that move you forward towards a more positive future rather than the why's that will hold you in the rear view and keep you stuck in the past. That is all I have for you on this episode of Flaws and All, the podcast. Tune in bi weekly for new episodes and always, always, always remember to love yourself. Flaws and All.